Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. Good morning. This is Fresh Art International live streaming on Jolt Radio in Miami, Florida. I'm Kathy Bird, and today's show is about summer in the city. Summer in Miami, to be exact. Some might think that art descends on the city just once a year in December for Miami Art Week, but in fact, the city has a year-round cultural life. And you're about to meet a few of the curators, gallerists, and artists who animate the contemporary art scene 12 months of a year, even in the dead of summer. Projects addressing urban development and gentrification, racial and social issues, and experimental music and sound are the topics of our conversation. I captured field recordings with Anthony Spinello at Spinello Projects, with curator Maria Elena Ortiz at the Paris Art Museum, and with me in the studio are two Miami sound artists, Gustavo Matamores, founder of Subtropics, Biennial. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. And also Alba Triana. Good morning. Thank you for having us here. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. Before we even start, though, I have to say, shout out, as John Kenyé, the founder of the station, might say, shout out to Mother Nature for that total eclipse on Monday. We had a tremendous time. Many of us were able to gather with friends and either make pinhole cameras or get score some of those rare glasses and have the experience. I went to the Frost Science Museum, and I recorded the art of the eclipse on Monday. And September 6th, the astronomist in residence, Jorge Gallego, is going to be on the air with me to share his experiences. He went and followed the trail to the West Coast to, so we have a West Coast, East Coast show about the eclipse and all the experiences that took place that day. So that's going to be super fun. But let's begin with the field trip that gave me the idea for this show's theme today. Four Miami Gallery staged a progressive brunch on Sunday, one Sunday late June. Mindy Solomon, Spinella Projects, Emerson Dorsch, and Red Dot welcomed a steady flow of visitors to experience four unique exhibitions in Little Haiti and Little River Arts Districts. They were riffing on the Sunday brunch concept, and each gallery offered a special dish simultaneously from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. And their goal was to highlight their exhibitions, of course, but to invite visitors to come in and hang out for conversations about art, and it worked. Here is one conversation that will give you an idea of the experience. I recorded with gallerist Anthony Spinello and gallery manager Natalie Alfonso inside the exhibition titled Mare Facade. The word facade has a couple of meanings that come into play here. One, of course, is the face of a building, the side that looks onto the street. But facade also refers to an outward appearance that conceals something unpleasant or insubstantial. And maybe those from the outside looking into Miami, that word might make you think about the superficial side of the city, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. So let's listen to Anthony and Natalie talk to us about Mare Facade. When you're down here with me, 
sides, from the sky, from the storm drains, and even people's front lawns. Where you're standing, right there, it'll be a lake scene. The planters in the plaza will be like mangrove islands. It was like the buildings were shrinking, an ambitious enterprise succumbing to the sea like Atlantis. But they didn't stop, even though the edges were moving. They didn't listen. Today, I decided to record a sonic experience of your Mer Facade show because I think it's a really significant project. Anthony Spinello. Thank you. The sounds are definitely uh, an important component. It's not by accident that you hear all of these sounds as you traverse the landscape. Tell me about the concept behind the show. What you're experiencing is um, 20 Miami-based artists. When you put these pieces together, you start to see a conversation, whether it be gentrification, occupation of space, um, development, the facade, whether it be political or environmental. Eddie Arroyo's paintings is a good example of that. These are essentially documentations of communities, of the facades of our neighborhoods that um, already feel nostalgic. Today they're here, tomorrow they might not be. These are important topics. We're about to go out to experience this environmental piece that's just outside the door. This piece in particular in the patio is called Facing West, uh, Responsible Inclusive Violence yeah. by Sinissa Kukek. Um, there's a, a disclosure on the door before you enter that says, warning. Um, this is something that um, he, he wants uh, everyone to read, and there's even a, a disclosure that you need to sign before actually participating with this piece, because it's interactive. And it says, please read and understand prior to entry of Facing West. Beware and be aware that throwing stones is inherently dangerous. Please be responsible while throwing stones. Understand that this action can be very dangerous to people and property. Please be inclusive while throwing stones. Remember to share that experience with others in the community. Please be aware that you are participating in violence within a controlled setting. Always be aware of where you are and where others are around. Now we go outside. And what we see is a pile of stones and beyond it, a reflective monolith. The artist has invited the visitors to the gallery to actually texture the surface of this reflective monolith, which is silver, and it's highly pockmarked since I saw it last. interesting to see how the piece changes through time and how a surface that was once reflective, most of his work is reflective, is all about how the illusion of the person in front of the of these mirrors that are being changed or manipulated. But the, in this project he's actually giving the audience 
the choice to transform that reflective surface. He's not doing it, we are doing it by throwing rocks. Fresh Art International, we are talking about summer in the city on Jolt Radio, and the city is Miami. The exhibition Mer Facade at Spinella Projects is an entertaining art experience that sparks serious conversations about issues of urban development in Miami. Check it out. It's on view for another couple of weeks. Another exhibition that opened this summer invites visitors to play dominoes. Imagine that. And it is not just anywhere. This is at the Paris Art Museum, Miami, and that is a destination itself for the architecture. Curator Maria Elena Ortiz brought the show about a favorite pastime in Miami and the region to the museum in a curatorial collaboration with Arden Sherman of the Hunter College Gallery in New York. Maria Elena shows us that there's a lot more to dominoes than meets the eye. Pam with Maria Nena Ortiz, the curator of this show about dominoes. Yes, it's about dominoes. <laughs> I grew up in Puerto Rico in a town called Carolina, which is actually the birthplace of reggaeton. I noticed one of the artists, Papo Colo. There's actually two artists from Puerto Rico. There's Papo Colo, which is at the entrance of the show, which he did this cross made out of dominoes, almost kind of like the religion of the game. And then there's another artist, Juni Figueroa. He considered himself like a tropical modernist. So like he did a show at the Sculpture Center not that long ago in which he had like sculptures made out of um, palm trees and so on. Here he made, um, there are three like tile sets that are almost like um, pieces of the street. So you see like beer caps, you see gum, you see like very much like if, if he took like literally a piece of street into the gallery space, which in this context is, you know, the domino usually is played on the street with community. Let's talk about the title for this show. It's Spot, Dots, Pips and Tiles, an exhibition about dominoes. It's about the aesthetic of the components of the tile. So the tile is the tile... The spots are the spots that you see in the tile. The pips are the concave part where you put the spots in the dominoes and the dots are referring to, to the spots. I was struck by the uh, statement about the show, and I think it'd be a good starting place, Okay. about dominoes being a metaphor for contemporary art practice. How is the game of dominoes or the idea of dominoes a metaphor for contemporary art practice? Well, I think that, you know, um, when, we, when we were thinking about the show, there was a few things. There was the idea of play, and we can think about play with creativity. There's also the idea of strategy, because dominoes is a very strategic game. And, and I think you do need to have, especially if you're an artist, a curator, or anything in, this, um, in our community, you need to have a strategy, you know, if you really want to make it from A, B to C. 
And then um, there was also the idea of community and how the domino game is very much built on a community of people that center around the table. So I definitely think that, again, like all of us are members of a wider, a local, national, international community that is very important. Um, each of us play a part in the structure of art and culture. Right. And there was this other statement which I really found very powerful about how uh, dominoes have been used in contemporary art to address notions of abstraction, politics, race, urban life, and social practice. Yeah. That's a really deep idea considering the cultural communities in which it's appreciated. When I started doing research on the show, um, I was surprised by the amount of artists that were doing works out dominoes, and all were doing the domino in different ways, quite versatile. Uh, the first time about abstraction, there's one work in the show, um, this Adriana Lara painting, which you see it from afar, it just looks like black lines and white lines. And then when you look a little bit closer, you notice that it almost looks like tiles that are falling out like a domino effect. The work is entitled Coop. And here she's very much speaking about the illegal speech of our government and how um, we also think about the domino effect and what it was in the Cold War, uh, which was this idea that once a communist or socialist government emerged in a region, then others would fall into communism. The work through abstraction is trying to make all those connections and is very much trying to consider the relationship between arts, between abstraction and politics. Because sometimes when we think about abstraction, we think, oh, there's no politics. There's other works that do speak about ideas of social practice, like the one we're sitting on right now. It's a domino table by Edra Soto and Dan Sullivan, in which people can actually play at the, in the gallery. Um, and they were very much interested in taking the design of a table in Puerto Rico. That's the way uh, tables are designed in public plazas in Puerto Rico, and but they redesign it in high art or high design. What else? In a bigger picture, the idea of dominoes being used to address notions of race. Some of the works in the show, um, for example, the Betty Saar that is in the gallery. Betty Saar is an African-American artist from California, and the work is quite powerful. Um, what you see is a tray, a red tray, that is surrounded by dominoes, and then a watermelon and a tar baby. So what she's doing is that she's taking very much stereotypical symbols, negative symbols of race in the United States to kind of point to them and bring them to the forefront. We do know that the watermelon is, you know, even Beyonce talks about it. The watermelon, a lot of free slaves uh, used to sell it uh, after the during the Reconstruction, and it would, they were seen as a negative thing, as they were being lazy, but they were actually just earning their living. So it's actually a fruit that has a very uh, complex history within African-American communities. Also, uh, I mean, we all know also about the, the tar baby and what that means in terms of people painting themselves in a particular color to um, represent others. An interesting uh, fact that was that came out of the research is that in the southern part of the United States, and I'm mainly talking about Texas, um, maybe not that much north, uh, southern Florida, but really much um, that uh, more very much southern plantation place. A lot of uh, free slaves used to play dominoes and to teach each other how to do math. 
and it became really a, 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 also a, a learning place because people, some people did not have access to education because of the color of their skin. So that's one, that's one of the works that, that really speaks to that. And quite frankly, if you look through the whole show, everybody in the show, it's of, of some color. Yeah. People might think of it as a lightweight summer show, but you purposely chose it as a way of exploring or representing social practice in curating and art making. Definitely. And all the works are very different and and they all really much speak to different trends in contemporary art. Like the Robin Road work um, is a work by a South African artist that he's very much doing performance on the street and taking photographs of, of himself making a performance. During the summer we get the chance to address a population that is off work. The lightness helps them kind of come in and, and get enticed. It's inviting. It's inviting. It's inviting. And then if, if they like to show the stay, sometimes they see the table and they just sit at the table and start playing. Um, which is, you know, just seeing people in the gallery is really what makes me happy. This is Fresh Art International streaming live on Jolt Radio. Did you hear those dominoes? If you just joined us, we're talking about summer in Miami, a city with a year-round contemporary art scene. And that was a conversation I recorded with Maria Elena Ortiz at the Paris Art Museum about spots, dots, pips, and tiles, a contemporary art exhibition about dominoes. Considering today's guests are sound artists and our next subject is a sound art biennial in Miami, I can't resist sharing the sound art project I discovered at the museum when I was there. Curator Diana Nowy invited London-based artist Haroon Mirza to create an immersive installation for the Paris Museum's Double Height Gallery. His new work, titled Acid Guest, is an abstract encounter with sound and light. Acid Guest takes its name from the phrase acid test, referring to the parties held in the 1960s where groups of people would come together to legally experiment with LSD, the potent hallucinogenic drug also known as acid. At the Paris, you enter the darkened space through black glass doors. Inside, noise frequencies activate a specialized technical system that transmits an electrical current through a circle of eight speakers, and the speakers are illuminated with colorful light-emitting diodes, or LEDs. Let's listen to a few minutes of my acid guest experience.
So you see in Miami, even in the heat of summer, it might be a relief to go and have the acid guest experience (laughs) and take yourself back to the days. I've invited two Miami-based sound artists here to talk with us about this incredible sound experience. biennial of experimental music and sound art called Subtropics. And it's being presented for the 24th time. Mm-hmm. That's quite some history, Gustavo. Well, hey, uh, that's what happens when you have, when you have an idea that's a, uh, essentially an experiment in itself. And, uh, you know, there's uh, so much to discover. Absolutely. Well, let me introduce you properly. You are a Miami-based composer, sound artist, educator, and performer, and you're the artistic director of Subtropics, which is also a platform for your own practice as an artist. You run the Audio Tech at the Art Center in Studio 201, if if you want to go by and check it out. uh, Maybe you can tell us what it means to run an Audio Tech, Gustavo. Well, actually, it's not different from running my own studio. It's essentially what it is. Um, I, I, that's a space in the art center that I acquired uh, when our listening gallery project started about seven years ago. It was a project that I lived outside the building, uh, the 800 uh, Lincoln Road building. And uh, and so the studio, I basically set, started by setting it up as a place where I would create content for those for that uh, project um, on my own and uh, in collaboration with other artists. And in the process, I discovered the place was actually very uh, acoustically pleasant, and there was no reason for us to neglect that and not open it to to uh, public, you know, so I started actually organizing concerts there. Yeah, so you have live events, concerts, workshops, and residencies for artists that go on there. That's so cool. Yes, yes. And Alba, I want to give you a proper intro. You're a composer and sound artist with an interest in expanding the meaning of composition, performance, and aesthetics. And so you often work with lots of different technologies and uh, different disciplines. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I'm a composer, as you said before, uh, but um, I feel that uh, uh, trying to approach life, you know, contemporary life from a disciplinary perspective nowadays is very difficult because everything is very complex. So I work in the intersection of uh, music and sound with other arts and technology and science. So my approach is more is interdisciplinary. Uh, but the center is music. You know, I always do uh, work uh, from the perspective of a composer. Yeah. So we were talking before we went on the air that we should give it a shot to define sound art. So we know sound art has musicality to it, musical, musical qualities. Uh, based on your description of audio tech, it, it's a place, uh, a, a, a way to produce installations that can be public experiences. So how would you define sound art? I did a quick shot at it, and let you can help me flesh it out. 
It's an artistic discipline mm -hmm. where sound is used as a primary medium, sort of like radio in its way. And like many genres of contemporary art, it's interdisciplinary in nature, as Abba was explaining, and takes on hybrid forms. What do you think? What, uh, what else can we add to that? That's actually pretty good. I, in, in fact, I mean, there's the uh, beginnings of this idea of sound art. Many uh, sound-based disciplines grew out of that. It's something called radio art, which is a, a word I haven't heard in a long time, yet continues to be something. Um, there was, uh, back in the 60s, you know, people making art for radio. And I think that one of the reasons we don't hear about it too much is because of the need for venues, you know, to actually, so artists create things that they know will be presented somehow. Or, yeah, so, so that sort of drives sometimes. For me as a composer, the word sound art became actually very practical. Um, because not not only because what I was interested in exploring, which is basically a, a way of uh, looking at sound from uh, drawing a larger circle around music, right, and contain a, a circle that will contain many other things, just like Alva was describing before. But for me, it was also a, a term of convenience because, um, which I think right now is really the operative uh, meaning. And that is uh, the um, the fact that you know when I became a sound artist or called myself a sound artist, I, st I started to have more more opportunities because uh, the music uh, uh, field w was not ready to support the kinds of things I was trying to do. Therefore, um, you know, I began I began to make friends with people in the museums and in the galleries and. And uh, even though we brought some of the music, which was already, you know, electronic music, somewhat uh, different from the kind of music that, that the orchestras were programming and all these things, uh, exploring different, uh, you know, other areas of music, um, then, you know, that became, uh, yeah. And then the, the exploration with, uh, with the Audiotech and all these projects and the Subtropics Festival has been to figure out what that is. And sound art right now, the definition is, your definition is as good as any. Okay, <laughs> well, that's good to hear. <laughs> I did want to point out there's this wonderful publication that Art Center South Florida produced about this subtropics yeah. uh, program, and it has fantastic essays, and one by Christoph Cox sure. that really d dives into the history of sound art mm -hmm. and explains a lot for people that are just getting to know the medium. Another contributor in that, in this small format, is uh, Pauline Oliveras, mm -hmm. who's a legendary in sound mm -hmm. art in the field. And the piece that she wrote called uh, Sonic Images in 1972 mm -hmm. is just such a great way of sparking conversation about sound art and what sound means to mm -hmm. us. And uh, there are questions to make you think about it. And one of the ones that I thought was interesting, and our listeners can be listening, as they hear some sound experience today, which might seem different than what they think of as something uh, they've ever heard. And one of that question was, what is the most peculiar auditory sensation 
you've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And maybe today we'll be sharing some of those mm -hmm. with this show. Let's talk about your amazing project, first of all. Alba? Uh, you mean the piece that is being exhibited at the... That's right. Microcosmos. Microcosmos. You call it microcosmos. I was going to give it a Spanish accent. <laughs> yes, microcosmos. Is that okay? Yes, that's I, fine. I like calling things micro. It sounds more interesting to me. <laughs> anyway, it's based on the fundamental notion that everything vibrates. Exactly. So basically, uh, the way I understand art is not only as a form of expression, but also as a form of knowledge. And I use my work in general, not only this piece, to explore nat nature. And I explore like intangible aspects of nature, like waves, interaction between waves, uh, and so forth. Particularly this piece explores the fact that everything in nature vibrates. Everything, where the listeners are here at the studio, everything right now is vibrat vibrating. But we then do not perceive it. You know, we think that the microphone is a solid thing, but it is vibrating. Uh, so what I do in this piece is that I'm using this object. In this case, it's a symbol, and I excite the symbol with energy, so it vibrates. Um, and it vibrates in its uh, natural intrinsic uh, frequencies, the natural way that it constantly, constantly vibrates. So those vibrations become not only audible, but also visible because we can see the vibrations in the rim of the symbol. And with those natural and fundamental vibrations of that object, I make a composition that repeats every eight minutes. Let's describe how it looks in the space. There's this beautiful golden light in the, the room that allows you to uh, project the profile, I guess, the silhouette, the of, silhouette yeah. of, of the symbol. Yes, so basically uh, all my work or my recent work is in the installation format. It means that for the listeners who do not know what is an installation, is a piece that dialogues with the space. So that's why I really encourage the listeners to go and see the exhibitions because that's where the real experience is. So basically, at the center of the room, there's the symbol, which is vibrating. Uh, it's a, a producing audible and visible vibrations. And since it is a piece of music that is adopting the format of a sculpture, because it's, a, it's like a sound sculpture, I decided to uh, make, you know, there's a, a, a yellow light. And in, in the front wall, we get to see the... The shadow, the the shadow of the symbol vibrating, you know, it's like a sort of reference to bidimensional art, and it uh, reinforces the multidimensional multidimensional nature of the work. It means that it's a sculpture, but it's a piece of music. It's meant to be heard. It's meant to be seen. It's meant you are supposed to uh, perceive it in a space. So it has different dimensions. So basically, that's why there is this yellow room with this shade and, and the symbol, the sound sculpture at the center. And also, outside the room, there are two videos which uh, present the, the piece in slow motion. And one gets to see the vibrations, uh, what the eye cannot see when they go inside the room. So in the videos, we get to see how the, the these uh, vibrations that we don't get to 
uh, it's impossible for the eye to see. And it's like the yellow light is like a big sun. So very, very relevant for this week. <laughs> I <think>. Yes, <laughs> I didn't think about it, but that's true. <laughs> and I found it a very meditative ex experience. It's an eight-minute piece that where you experience uh, a shift in the vibration and then a, to a crescendo and then back away that if you go there and experience it, I think you'll find it quite fascinating. And we're going to have a listen to a segment of this piece. That was amazing. Thank you, Alva. Thank you. <laughs> I think everyone listening should go down there and experience that show.
It is at 924 Lincoln Road on Miami Beach at Art Center South Florida. If you just joined us, we're talking about sound art. It could be called the Summer of Sound Art. There's a veritable feast of contemporary art here, including this experimental music and sound art biennial called Subtropics. You just heard an excerpt of Microcosmos, a sublime sound art installation by Alba Triana. And now we're going to listen, we're going to talk about the exhibition titled Listen, Mm -hmm. Gustavo. And I know you originally curated the project for the street corner, the corner of 8th Street and Lincoln Road at the Art Center when they had a space there. And it was projected out into this, onto the sidewalk with various responses, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Tell us about this project that you originally curated and now has, have brought indoors as an exhibition. Uh, yeah, back in uh, 2009, 2010, I was uh, actually asked by the um, art center to uh, to create a piece for the corner there, and uh, and uh, I kind of you know proposed that I would actually organize a a way to to do a, a project that would wouldn't just be a static project, but uh, something more, and I called it the Listening Gallery, uh, which was a project funded by the uh, Night Arts Challenge Grant, um, and uh, it, uh, basically allowed me to o- organize a, a series of. We did about thirty different uh, works. I was the main artist for the project, but uh, what I wanted to do was to uh, uh, to investigate the use of sound in public space. And so to have a laboratory, pretty much. And uh, sure, I had many ideas that I could uh, try to realize or try to test in in those conditions. But the most fun was to actually work with other artists and to discuss the issues and to, uh, at the audio tech studio, come up with, you know, in the context of certain residencies and things like that, come up with ideas of uh, uh, things to do uh, in order to take advantage of this situation. And uh, and a few of those pieces, uh, which were all presented in that context outside, are now part of the listening uh, the listen exhibit. Uh, uh, the Listen Exhibit is, uh, again, the Art Center asked me to curate a show during this festival, and I thought, well, it would be fantastic to try to bring some of those pieces that were already presented outside into an indoor context in order to have a chance to to savor the pieces themselves. Because at the listening gallery, you know, it, it only took about 10 to 20 seconds for people to walk from one end of the uh, installation to the other. And these pieces are normally about 30 minutes long and things like that. So the, the functions were totally different. Well, when I went there, I experienced years, I believe, because I felt like I was in a swarm of mosquitoes. Oh. <laughs> I believe that was you. you sure um, the one we're going to hear right now is uh, David Dunn, Thresholds and Fragile States at the Sea of Cortez. And we're just playing fragments of these because we, we're going to run out of time sure. here. But we want you to realize you can go and 
hang out in the art center space and have a full-bodied experience of all this work. Wow, that was thresholds. I think it's a very cool experience I'd, that you should linger on if you go in. It's got this tropical uh, backdrop and some machine sounds and very peculiar sounds, we could say, if we use Pauline Oliveira's words. This July, the festival also involved weeks of workshops, performances, and film screenings. And we have a few performances to share. And the first one is Olivia Block, mm -hmm. Dissolution B. I was really drawn to her work because of her reference to cinema and broadcasting. And I thought that that would be a perfect context here at the radio station mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to hear about this piece called Dissolution B. Do you have a little comment to add to that? or? Uh, well, I, actually, the... The piece uh, references these things that you you mentioned. Yeah, it, it sort of takes uh, the idea of the cinematic experience as a as a as a metaphor for what happens. But she what she really does is uh, she works a lot with the space also. That's and, right. Uh, and and uh, basically, what when she puts sound 
into the performance space. She's very conscious about how sound fills up the room and how uh, the way that things... You can hear it actually in the recording how these things really move around and and uh, uh, how clear everything seems to be. Yeah, so it, it is a cinema pour l'oreille mm-hmm. a musique concrète. And that means for her, I believe, from what I'm reading and hearing, is that it's an immersive cinema experience, but completely in the dark. Completely in the dark, that's correct. So let's hear Olivia Block. Okay, that was from a performance by Olivia Block that took place in inside Audiotech at uh, Art Center South Florida. And the next performance we're going to hear is this one that I'm going to try to pronounce properly. Let's see. Toka Tika Toka Ta by Carlos Santos. <laughs> and this is part of the experimental music performances that were brought to the festival uh, from Spain. So his piece you'll find very unique, uh, evoking musical sounds. Tick, 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 tick,
Toca tico toca pim, tico tico Toca tico toca pim, tico tico bom Toca tico toca pim, tico tico bom Toca tico toca pim, tico tico bom Toca tico toca pim, tico tico ta bom Tan toca tico toca pim, tico tico ta bom Tan toca tico toca pim, tico tico ta bom bom Tan toca tico toca pim, tico tico ta bom bom Tan toca tico toca pim, chak chak tico tico ta bom bom Tan toca tico toca pim, chak chak tico tico ta bom bom Tan toca tico toca pim Chak chak, tiki tiki ta, bom bom bom, tam toka tiki toka pim. Chak chak, tiki tiki bom bom bom, ta, bom bom bom, tam toka tiki toka pim. Chak chak, tiki tiki bom bom bom, ta, bom bom bom, tam toka. That was a very high energy piece by Carlos Santos, and I was reading about him, reading all his formalist practice, and that made this piece even more impressive to me. And the final sounds you're going to hear are from Abby Rader who's a drummer, and he presented a performance called what exactly? It was... Well, he called... It, was, it has a special name. He called it Spirit Percussion, but, you know, That's this right. is part, um, part of the festival actually had three different uh, areas that we were exploring, uh, sound art, experimental music, and free musics. And so uh, Abby Rader sort of represents this uh, area of free, free jazz in his, in his case. Yeah. Free jazz, and you'll hear it. He's got this whole practice with uh, it's merging jazz, martial arts, and Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And he's inspired by John Coltrane, and you will definitely hear that in this piece.
morning. This is Fresh Art International on Jolt Radio in Miami, Florida. You were just listening to Abby Rader performing Spirit Percussion during Subtropics 24, a biennial of experimental music and sound art at Audio Tech and Art Center South Florida this summer. The exhibition Listen, organized by Gustavo Matamoros, and the sound art installation by Alva Triana await your ears until September 3rd. So make your way there. Alba and Gustavo, thank you so much for joining me here today. This was really fun. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you very much for having us. I think we gave them a good introduction to sound art, and I'm really excited about that. But I do want to point out that the show reminds me that we've produced more than a few podcast episodes about sound art on Fresh Art International and... You can visit Fresh Art International or go anywhere you go for podcasts to hear them. We have conversations with Nama Sabar, Camille Normand, Stephen Vettiello, among others. And this summer, we've been producing these great audio programs, sort of like sound art letters from abroad in Venice, Norway, Berlin, and most recently, Documenta. If you like what you're hearing let us know on Jolt Radio and at Fresh Art INTL. Thank you for joining us today. Meet me here every Wednesday morning for Contemporary Art Talk. <laughs>